0: And remember, swimmers, you're not swimmers, you're humans. I was not just a rugby league player, so even if some days you have bad trots and you're losing, it still doesn't mean you can't be a great friend, a great daughter, partner, husband, wife, you know, anything. You're one part athlete, other 90 other percent part human.
1: Welcome to Swim Dot Rocks show that shares ideas, information and inspiration between swimming people who stay dry. My name is Lachlan Vane-Tempest and in Australia one in five people will experience some form of mental illness in any given year. With a constant pressure to improve and succeed, our swimmers are highly likely to experience some form of mental illness throughout their career, especially when the going gets tough. Pressure from themselves, coaches, parents, other athletes and in some cases sponsors cause an athlete to spiral into a deep state of depression and anxiety. The only way out is to either seek help or leave the sport of swimming behind, and we hope for the former. On today's episode, we talk to NRL legend Wayne Wiggett from the Black Dog Institute about how to identify signs and symptoms and how to deal with anxiety and depression. Enjoy! G'day everyone and welcome to this episode of Swim.Rocks and we are still talking about motivation. This is our third episode in the series and since 1985 the Black Dog Institute has been at the forefront of mental health research. They are the only medical research institute in Australia to investigate mental health across the lifespan of someone. Their aim is to create a mentally healthier world for everyone. I'm joined now by an NRL legend who does a lot of amazing work for the Black Dog Institute. He's played 160 NRL games for North Sydney Bears, Western Suburb Magpies and the major party's career, the mighty Balmain Tigers. It's Wayne Wigan from the Black Dog Institute. Welcome, Wayne. How are you? Hi, thank you. And uh, thanks for having me and hello to everybody. And uh, you were telling me earlier that you're uh, up at your mate's place and this interview has gotten you out of painting, was it?
0: It's got me out of painting and I've already played <laughs> with a paint can, so I'm not popular
1: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into uh, talking about um, the serious issues of anxiety, depression and, and motivation as well, can you just give us a little rundown about your NRL career?
0: Well, I got graded when I was 17. Um, at that time, I'd been suffering depression since I was six. Wow. Um, even, uh, but I, what I don't didn't realise at the time was that the training was producing endorphins that was getting me get through. Um, so I was blessed that I could play sport uh, through my football career, played 10 years, 160 yeah, odd games, um, had some really good years, uh, but was still struggling with depression all through there. Didn't understand it, thought I just didn't appreciate the world, joined the fire brigade, still struggled through there, finally got diagnosed about 10 years ago um, and my life turned around. So I do understand from all aspects from very young age what depression and anxiety can do to you and uh, how devastating and it can affect
1: up in your life. Yeah, wow. And um, how did you get involved with the Black Dog Institute?
0: Basically, um, I got misdiagnosed a few times because there are, are several different types of depression and, and even with anxiety. And uh, the correct diagnosis is really, really important to anyone listening out there. So if you do seek help for anything, bleed your heart, tell the GP everything. Um, So they can help make the right diagnosis. But back a little while ago, it wasn't like that. I got misdiagnosed over 20 years, um, which caused me a lot of grief. Um, Finally, the Black Dog Institute uh, diagnosed me correctly. And I started volunteering for them um, because I was so grateful. And as they got more and more work into workplaces with um, blokey type blokes, I started going into mines, rural and remote areas, construction zones, and so basically, my work is talking to, uh, you know, men, uh, blue-collar work, but also across all industries, men and women across all industries.
1: And um, I saw on uh, the Black Dog Institute website that you do some chats with some uh, young rugby league players. Is that correct?
0: I talked to a few young rugby league players and, you know, basically the message is, um, to them is that enjoy every part of it. Be proud of where you get, no matter where it be. I mean... You know to win any medal or to get into any junior rugby league uh, rep side, or is be proud of each step and never stop enjoying it because you've got oh, no matter where you are now, you've beaten hundreds of thousands anyway, and just always keep joy in the game. And uh, you know, it's, it's around those type of things that I do talk because I concern that a lot of people who play sport lose the joy because of the pressure they put on themselves, and that's such a shame.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and the higher you get up, the pressure from sponsors and also um, your peers around you as well um, can definitely make a difference to that. Um, let's move on to our first topic that I want to chat about, and it's anxiety. Um, now, athletes are exposed to anxiety a fair bit, whether that be stepping out of their comfort zone before um, a major meet or a big race or in your experience weighing you know a finals footy match, which is in a way a positive form of anxiety you know it's it's that optimal arousal to you know to, to be nervous to show that you care but when does that anxiety become a negative
0: well there's two ways to look at it anxiety can be good like it does it piques us it thrills us it gets our adrenaline going to perform in our event um, and that's normal and that's good and you know uh, anxiety before an exam or any big event that's okay as long as you doesn't get to a point where all your thoughts every minute of every day is that something's gonna go wrong, I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna fail the exam, I'm gonna lose my money. Anxiety becomes a problem when all day every day you've got that anxious feeling and you're always thinking the worst will happen. If that goes past two weeks, then it's really time to have a really good look and probably ask to get straight to a doctor because anything over two weeks will just do terrible things to you physically, mentally, and there's no way you'll perform in your sport as well as you can, it's really important to get on top of. So two weeks, feeling that terrible feeling of anxiety, doom is going to happen. Um, please seek help. It's really important. We've got to get the young ones doing it, especially.
1: Hmm. I'm going to come back to that comment actually about, about about that two weeks. But there's a couple of situations that I want to talk to you about. So coaches out there are always encouraging their athletes, you know, to push their boundaries and their, and their limits to to better themselves. You know, and in our case as a swimmer. Um, And also as a person in general, and I want to go through two situations um, where a swimmer is most likely to experience anxiety. So what signs should a parent and a young coach or or any coach for that matter, be looking for in an athlete at training and what are some strategies you you would suggest for coaches and parents to use?
0: Well, the first thing to look for, obviously, you know, when a person's anxious, not eating, overeating, you know, um, catastrophizing, always worried about, getting injured or something going wrong. Um, And, you know, you'll just see a hyper state in the person. So it's important, I'd say, for all coaches and parents, just to Black Dog website has got some unbelievable information. Power, uh, knowledge is power. And I think that the more all of us understand about anxiety and depression is just wonderful because we can manage ourselves and help our friends and set a good example for the future. So just the things you know, you feel, When you're anxious, you Mm. can notice in others and it's really important to help your swimmer or to someone, um, because they might think um, that, you know, by putting their hand up, they'll think they're weak or that the coach might not like them or it Mm. might affect their chance of getting selected. That's what happens in rugby league. Mm. But it's really important to know that to be the best you can be, you must manage your mind as well as your body. Mm. And it is every sport, you know, I mean, it's as much in your mind as your body. We've looked after the body in rugby league. I say we used to prepare, you know, we get hit hard. So we prepare our bodies for the big hits. So when we got it, it didn't hurt. Mm. And swimmers, you know, you prepare your bodies for the long distances or the pain you have to go through, but your mind's a part of it.
1: Mm. So
0: no shame in looking after your mind and that's the future.
1: Yeah. Um, coming back to that two week statement, um, you know, it's quite a- a normal for a- an athlete to feel nervous before a race. Um so let's say that there's national championships two weeks away and those nerves start to, to kick in that two, three week mark and it starts to build the closer to the event um, from your experience as an athlete and even working with a black dog, what are some strategies that a coach can use at a rate at a meet at a race meet? And also that two to three weeks beforehand when stuff looks a little bit, a little bit on the edge.
0: Well, I can only talk personally
1: on this yeah. one. Me, yeah. Um, I
0: didn't like to play the game before I played. I'd lose all my energy. Right. For me, it was faith in my training, faith in my technique, and faith for me, I used to study my opposition. So I did that, but I tried not to think about it too much. I just had faith in what I was doing. Mm. The biggest thing that can happen is you can run your race before the race because you can burn yourself out. You think I'm going to win, I'm going to lose. Once your mind starts ticking over about a race or a sporting event too much, you'll play too many scenarios out and you'll end up just destroying yourself. Mm. Now, some other people love to dissect it for three weeks and they perform better. But I think that's a smaller percentage. I think you really must have faith in your coach, your training, yourself, Mm. and then try not to think about it until the night before or what is good for you.
1: Mm. I know we've, we've talked about, uh, we've talked to many coaches out there about the importance of making connection with, with, with a swimmer and just, again, having that, that faith and that trust and that belief that you've done the right work. And, and, um, would you agree that, uh, you know, a swimmer, when they're standing behind the blocks, if they are feeling that nervous, they've just got to look back at what they've done and just know that when they're behind the blocks, they've done everything they can to perfect themselves to that moment.
0: One of the things that happens is that swimmers and all sports people they can think that if they're not thinking about the race for weeks before, that yeah. they're actually not doing the right thing, that they're somehow letting themselves down by not thinking about it. Mm. They're actually forcing themselves to go worse. So it's really important to block that thinking, and I think coaches, um, and parents, and even and but mostly athletes themselves <laughs> have to learn and train their mind just like their bodies to block that thinking out. It's rorting yourself. There was an old psychological term called rorting when mm. you get addicted to the thinking, because you think if you're not thinking it, you're doing the wrong thing. Right. So you can see how that works. Yeah. So uh, Really, really important to recognize that. Um, and just a moment, training your mind is just is as important as your body.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, more than likely one reason someone gets anxious before a race and you touched on it before about, you know, how, when anxiety gets worse about, I'm going to lose this, I'm going to lose this. And, and that fear of failure. Um, and we, we always talk about it as coaches and even swimmers as well as, you know, like what's the worst thing that's going to happen, you know, like, like failure isn't a bad thing. It teaches us stuff, but how can we teach our athletes to deal with that thought of, of fear of failure touched on faith and and, and belief and trust. Is there anything else that you want to add to that?
0: Well, an analogy I would use for this from rugby league, I tried my best every week. Mm. Now, some days I'd go there and the ball didn't come my way, the bounce of the ball, I just ran everywhere, busted my gut, but nothing. And I come off having a bad game. The next week, I didn't try any harder, but everywhere I went and everything worked for me. And So you've just got to look at it like that. Be proud of yourself after every event and know that all you can do on that day is go and be your best. Now, sometimes you'll win. Sometimes you'll lose. Sometimes you'll swim quicker. Sometimes your technique will work better through the water. Sometimes everything in the race will go perfect. Sometimes it won't. But just know, it's a cliche, but sometimes you play blinders, but you don't try any harder than when you have bad games. And be proud of the fact that that's the truth of it. That is the real fact of being an athlete. Just get it through your mind and be proud that every time you try hard, that's all you can do on the day. Yeah. feel good about it. Feel joy after it. Because not many people can push themselves through pain. Mm. So any, of you, and I admire swimmers because you guys push yourself through pain. So pat yourself on the back after every event, no matter where it goes, that you did that. That puts you above so many people. There's so much to be admired in it. So see that in you as well. It's really important for swimmers to feel proud and athletes, but I'll talk about swimmers. Mm. You know, you are superior beings in many ways physically, and you can do things that other people aspire to. So tell yourself that all the time. It's really important, really important for your mental health. And it's
1: true. I know I'm going to a different football code now and, and the round ball of soccer. Um, I remember uh, I was watching an interview with, uh, with uh, Gary Neville, um, who's played for Manchester United. And he was talking about Sir Alex Ferguson. And he was saying that uh, try not to overthink a game. He goes, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Oh, we're going to lose the game. Okay, what's the worst thing after that? Uh, we're going to go home. Okay, what are you going to have for dinner? I'm going to have Chinese. And the worst thing that they could break it down was they are going to lose the game, go home and have dinner. That's the worst thing. Um, and I think a lot of athletes, and, and you'd be, um, you know, in, in the same boat, think too much about that game, you know. And, and as you said, there's a certain people who do dissect it and some people who do not dissect it. Um, so, yeah, just trying not to overthink, I guess, is the end message.
0: Well, every race is a, is a life that's over. Mm. The good thing about sport, we get one life and we make our mistakes and we still live it. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful thing about sport. And it's the old cliche, again, you're only as good as your last swim. For yeah. me, after a game that I didn't play well, you know, I wouldn't think about it that night. I'd go with my friends, my family, chill out because I didn't have to worry about anything. The next mm. morning, go right. What did I do wrong? Where could I do Just have a think about it. Yeah, well, it's all- Past that, it's a waste of time.
1: Yeah, so learning and, experience,
0: yeah, and um, you, you, that will and thinking about it too much again. The thinking, overthink, is the worst word any sportsman I can think of.
1: Yeah,
0: it kills all sports people. So you, you make you, you talk to your coach where you could improve. In your mind, you make I will do that at training. I'll have coach in the my, my faith in myself and my coach, and that's all you can do. Do hmm. your, and be proud every moment. Enjoy every moment of it. People don't pat themselves on the back, even turning up to training on the way home, pat yourself on the back for doing it. I know gratitude and and appreciating oneself and seeing the good in oneself across everything is really important. And remember swimmers, you're not swimmers, you're humans. I was not just a rugby league player. So even if some days you have bad trots and you're losing, it still doesn't mean you can't be a great friend, a great daughter, partner, husband, wife, you know, anything. You're one part athlete. Other ninety other percent part human. Mm. Always don't lose the the fact in that. And it's important to look at yourself like that as well. You know, swimming one part, football, one part, you know, deal with it that way. Wow. Amazing.
1: Mm. That's awesome. All right, let's move on from anxiety to uh probably one of the, mo- the the most serious issue in my point of view and that's and that's depression. Um, another major mental health issue that we see like in most sports um, and it comes in many forms, whether that be, you know, comparing yourself to others or your own past performances plateauing or in a lot of cases coming back from injury or the constant presence of an injury. If we stay on the same rhythm um, about what signs we should look for and, and when someone has experienced depression, um, you know, What should we look for, Wayne? I know a lot of people put on a facade and and say, you know, I'm fine, I'm good. And they keep trotting on until, you know, it it does, you know, blow up and go everywhere. What should we be looking for? Well, first, you know, we are, can all be like undercover police. No one really knows
0: what's going on behind anyone's face. Mm -hmm. And uh, even with all the experience I've got, I've still been surprised by some of my friends when I found out they're depressed because they just hit it so well. Mm-hmm. But the things to look for, are not coming to social events in other people and in yourself, lack of joy. The first thing is, if you just find no joy in anything that you used to find joy in. I'll mm-hmm. so give you the things for yourself and then the book things to look in others maybe really quickly. Yeah. So lack of joy. Really finding it hard for self-care. For me, when I start, and I still have to be disciplined and I've got my disciplines I have to follow. But I know that if I find it hard to get up and shower just do the things. That that's a very big sign, you know, finding it hard to open emails, um, dragging myself to, to, to training, having no energy on the way to training and wondering how you're going to get there and train. Feeling like losing your energy um, yeah, and just not turning up to friends. When people don't turn up to events or stop socializing, that's a very, very big sign. And too many people think oh, they don't like me anymore. My big tip is if your friend of yours of anything anywhere drops out of your social circle, don't necessarily think it's anything. Always air on the side that they might be struggling and depressed and not turning up.
1: Mm.
0: Put it in your diary to give them a ring every month.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah. they're the main symptoms in someone else. share, yeah, not turning up to events, not looking after their self-care. Um, you will see. You will see probably drops in their performance just because of lack of energy, yeah. lethargy. Um, you won't see them smile much
1: Yeah, lack of enthusiasm
0: Lack of just, yeah Because it takes so much energy to hide it Trust me, if you are suffering depression and anxiety Out there, you are very brave Don't think you're weak Toughest thing I've ever I'm a big, tough bloke, I am I cried like a baby with it And, you, and I'd say, break my legs now Rather than put me back there So mm. I'll give that message Anyone out there listening to this Please, you are brave if you're going through it You're not weak But I tell you, let's set an example for everyone and get help. You know, I just want to keep pushing that message because it is brutally hard to live with. So don't Mm. feel bad. You are tough. I salute your bravery. But, you know, don't live like that. It's a waste of time. You're just putting yourself through grief. You don't have to. Put your hand up and, you know, your life will change and your performances will get better.
1: Mm. And that's probably one of the biggest things that I find personally is, you know, when people suffer depression, they don't want to speak about it. You know, as I said, they bottle it up and... and it boils over and erupts like a volcano, you know, and as you said, you know, seeing some of your mates uh, coming out, you know, and and as to saying they're depressed and and you not knowing about that. Um, The trickiest thing that I find Wayne is, you know, especially as a man or maybe just my father's son is when I see someone with an issue or they come out, I go, I can fix that. And where in most cases, and I'm learning that now as a boyfriend, you know, you you can't fix everything. Um, (laughs) Like, so, if someone does come to us as saying, you know, hey guys, I'm struggling, I've been depressed, what can we do to support them?
0: The best thing to do is go, you know, to tell them they're brave and tell you, you know, it's so common and sort of it sometimes it's really good to do you, you know, just to normalize it. But it is our job as friends to really direct them to a GP or to, you know, whatever they have available. It might be an EAP, which employee assistant program, mm-hmm. but just say if you get help the professional help is really good. And, you know, it's so good you're mentioning this because you don't have to live like this, you know, and say, God, you know, throughout sports, everyone's, it's more of a man, I'll talk from a man. We men have got to learn to be soft. You know, I've been out with some really hard rugby league plays lately. And we say, if you want to be a hard man, be a soft man, let's Mm. put our hands up. Let's look after our young ones. So if we do, for me and my older mates, if we say it's okay, and we're supposed to be the tough guys, well, it's okay for everyone else. So, you're part of that too. You know, when you do put your hand up, not only will you help yourself, but the one you don't, no one has to know, but those close to you, they'll get inspired to help themselves too. If they need it, and that's kind of where we have to go with it. Mm. Do it for yourself and do it for others. Because at the moment, 64% of people who suffer anxiety and depression don't seek help. Mm. You think of it, 64%. And that's why, unfortunately, the suicide rate is three and a half thousand. 35,000 attempts. So for us as humans, if we know that if we get more of that 65% of people seeking help, Mm. less grief, less everything, and there's no shame in it being depressed. You can get a thousand things in life. I could have a gene that maybe get cancer at three. It's just another illness. Mm. It really truly is. And we just got to believe that. Mm. Just truly is, no, get help for your pain. And let's not make. Let's just change that. All the swimming community seek help. Let's get rid of that 64% of people who don't. Spread it through your community that it's a good thing to do. That's really important.
1: Oh, excellent. Um, and no, I know we, we've talked about them um, a couple um, through this interview. But but what are some, some triggers for 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 both anxiety and depression? Um, and are they common uh, common themes between people, or you know do they differ? Um, by via individual, maybe you could speak personally and yourself what were some of your triggers?
0: Well, look generally speaking, because we all have, I mean we all have our individual lives, and you know we 've got to realize that life is tough good uh, bad things happen to good people, so the first thing to know is it 's not personal <laughs> life yeah. hit you hard really and it 's really important i 've seen excellent people got six or seven the worst hits ever it 's just the way it is it 's not personal don 't think it is. You know, for general mental health, you forgive yourself for every mistake you've made in the past. Now, we've all done things we regret and we've all made mistakes. You know, first thing is don't say so no going back, no hindsight, no regrets from the past. I've made some shocking mistakes in my life, but I could dwell on them or I could say, I've made those mistakes and I'm going to be a better man for it. So that's what you have to do forgive and say, from this moment, I'm going to learn to be a better man, better woman, better person. Um, so that's really, really important. So no hindsight thinking, forgiveness of yourself, seeing goodness in yourself. You know, people, we, we interviewed 100 people and asked them what they liked about themselves. It was terrible. All age groups, probably mm. 20, 30 got up and couldn't think of anything. Mm. You couldn't even think that they were a good friend, good son, daughter, partner, whatever. So mm. practice the good in yourself. If you get a negative voice, force two good ones in. We all think and understand that everyone has nonstop internal diatribe, right? Every human has that voice nonstop. Don't think you're alone. I ask that question everywhere I go. People say, oh, my mum, my dad, my, you know, my partner, my coach, whatever. Know that you are normal. Everyone has nonstop internal talk. But if yours is negative all the time, if yours is telling you bad things about yourself, depression is a liar. If your self-talk is telling you bad things about yourself, not you, That's depression lying and the anxiety lying. Seek help. Soon that voice gets negative for two weeks. That's not you. Don't Mm. let it. Depression. I grew up in Balmain. Plenty of crooks around Balmain. Depression makes them look honest. It'll Mm. convince you of lies. Just know it's not true. And know that is a separate illness that's telling you bad things. It's not true.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, Wayne, let's move on to motivation right now. Now, swimmer's been back in the water for a few weeks, uh, probably about two months now, actually, and some might be struggling to maintain that that fire in the belly, um, you know, especially after such a long time off. Uh, and especially with no confirmed swim meets in the future, we recently chatted to Australian Olympian, Tommy Fraser Holmes, about his way of dealing with motivational slumps. And one of his methods was to take a step back and see the bigger picture. Um, when someone is going through a state, stage where they're, you know, anxiety, anxious and depressed, and it seems to be building up, um, you know, thus decreasing motivation. Um, how can us coaches deal with that someone who is struggling to find a way, or what did a coach do for you in your career? You know, whether it be a training or in a game.
0: Well, you know, again, it comes to joy. I mean, if yeah. you're not taking joy in your sport, that's really what you're coming across as a coach. Yeah. And there are times in anyone's career when you know you're not going to enjoy it as much as others. So, you know, it really, for me, um, it was really getting myself back to the basis of enjoying the sport, and that's not putting so much pressure on yourself. Mm. And it really is when you're down and when you're not happy, um, it's because you're putting lots of pressure on yourself. And as athletes of all levels. Um, Our personality types is probably more perfectionist than not. So Mm. we're very self-analytical and that personality type is the people that suffer the most from um, depression and anxiety. Mm. So recognize that in ourselves in athletes that we do um, be more critical of ourselves than most and understand that. And again, and yeah, step back and look at yourself. Like it's called uh, disassociation. So it takes Disappear from your body. So you're in your body, you see yourself float out, Mm. and then you look down on what you're feeling at the moment Mm. and see and look at it like you're looking at a friend and analyze yourself from a more logical you that's Mm. not going through it. Um, You know, that's a technique that a lot of people use, especially in hypnotherapy and NLP. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: You know, that's a kind of just, you can even do, then go further back and even look at yourself, looking at yourself, and then break it down how to calm yourself. And sometimes you can see that way how askew your thinking is and that your voices are lying to you because when you do do that sometimes you'll just shake your head that you actually believe what you're telling yourself. You know, that's just one thing that people leave. So, you know, that's a big tip, you know, always just be aware that your mind will play tricks on you mm. and, and, and believe what the experts tell you how to beat it. Yeah. It took a long, long time. But I do tell myself, if I get a negative thought, I force two good ones in. Yeah. In the way I'm from whatever I do, I do pat myself in the back from training, work, whatever, because I try to, you know, like what, really learn that um, and learn to really understand that swimming is just one part of you and there's mm-hmm. all the beautiful parts that are going to carry you through life. Yeah. And the lessons you learn from this will all make you better. So it's all beautiful. It's just got to really think. I know it sounds like I'm a hippie here, but you do have <laughs> the first good thought. Good thoughts don't come easy. Bad thoughts to mm-hmm. humans. Yeah. But the more you practice bringing in good thoughts, your neurological wiring actually is more accept, receptive to them. When you really need to bring them in, your yeah. mind's willing to accept easier.
1: Let's go back to when you were, were playing. Was there ever, I know coaches these days of all sports and all walks of life can, can are more knowledgeable and know you know, more about anxiety depression and signs and symptoms. What was the coaching coaches like back then? You know, were you, were, you, were they ever aware that you were, you know, um, you know, had these illnesses or not really? When I first got graded, which was a long,
0: long time ago, but I started in 1976, you know, um, 77. There was no anything back then. We were, our massage table had straps on it. So they strapped you down to rub a corky out. So you couldn't, we, you know, we had no sports medicine St- after a game. We'd get straight on the KB beer, we thought that was what you had to do.
1: <laughs> Carb yeah. loading,
0: uh, so and we were running 10 Ks, you know, day after a, two days after a football game. All the things that you should not do, mm. you know. When a club doctor used to get on the scotch, or we went up to the club one night, and there was one of the guys got stitches in his eyes, and the doctor stitched his eyelid to his eyelash so he couldn't oh, shut no. It was ruthless, brutal. Yeah. Sports medicine st- at rugby, in rugby league, they started to think about it about 1980. And then it, that was the change when we actually got, you know, proper physiotherapists and started, you know, with spas and ice. And so, But in that, that all didn't come around. So with depression, anxiety, my friend Olsen Filipano, who's a, a, a Polynesian guy, he's just written a book. And, you know, one of the toughest men ever to play. And then, there's a whole chapter in his book. About at the that he was suffering depression, the day the time I was, and we we're in the centres together. and Didn't know good mates, both hiding it. Mm. Um, and you know, I lived with a guy Percy Knight, he's an Indigenous elder. Um, you know, he went through his bad times. So back then, we're all hiding it, no matter where we came from, no matter it didn't discriminate. But we never told each other. We were just all you know, we were hard, like we were playing with injuries, getting needled yeah. up. But in our minds, we didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I'm yeah. so glad now that, um, you know, most people have access to that. Um, but again, it all comes back to maintaining your joy in the sport. I oh, will keep going back to that. You know, it's so important to be proud and to take joy every moment. And if you do that, you'll find a lot of the mental problems don't happen. It's when you lose joy and start hating on yourself for not being perfect and not just enjoying the journey a little bit mm. that it'll really get you.
1: Yeah, well, Wayne, you have uh, blessed us with an abundance of information today. If we want to access more information about mental illness, where can we find it?
0: Well, the Black Dog website, you know, I know <laughs> that's really good. There's self-assessment tests on there. There's all sorts of information for all sorts of people. Um, we're doing a lot of, lot of stuff on there, you know, for younger, you know, 12 up. Um, and it's really important to know that, you know, depressions can be circumstantial. It can be, you know, genetic or can be hereditary. So, you know, a lot of us are just gonna be born that way. So no shame, others, it's too much pressure. You know, you get three or four big hits in a life in, your, in, in at once, in life, everyone can fall, no shame. That's when you put that flag up and get help, like if you fall over and hurt your knee. Um, but the Black Dog website, please get on it, arm yourself up with knowledge. The more of us who understand it and accept it, that what it is, um, you know we can do a lot of good in our communities
1: yeah and uh to our listeners out there if you are in need of crisis support please call lifeline on 13 11 14 that is 13 11 14. wayne wiggum thank you so much for joining us today it's been an absolute honor enjoy your day mate
0: thanks for having me and good luck to everyone out there and enjoy it every part of it see ya
1: Thank you for listening to that episode and I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to keep in touch with us, go over to our Instagram and Facebook pages or join our digital community. Simply type in the URL community.swim.rocks, click the request to join button and follow the prompts. It's totally free, guys. Come along and help us make swimming easier and better for all. Make sure you tune into next week's episode. But until then, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy and stay dry.